Coming up on the show, it is the start of round 18 and things get very, very serious. We talk about some of the big games in the round. The Sydney Kings pulled an interesting lever with their starting lineup. Should they do more of that? News Court reporting that the South East Melbourne Phoenix want to be aggressive during free agency. And are we still confident that a big man will be in the all-NBL first team? That is coming up on NBL Now. It is Thursday, the 1st of February. Hard to believe we're already a month into the season. Also hard to believe that we're only three rounds out from the play-in and the playoff series starting. There's a lot to talk about. I'm Jack Heverin. Pete Hooley, as always. Halls, good morning to you. Good morning, mate. Nice to be here. Let's start with the Wildcats. Uh, Damien Martin spoke on WA Radio and spoke about their loss to Illawarra. He's pretty confident that it was just a blip and it was a loss that is not a bad thing in the scheme of the overall picture for Perth. Where do you sit on that? It's weird to sit here and say such a thing, but I think it's a very good thing that Perth lost that game. Uh, Again, the way that they turned things around since round five, the way that they were going through the season, yes, they lost a couple of close ones, especially to Melbourne United, the latter leaders, but not that things were looking too easy for Perth, but Perth were on a roll where this kind of just kind of snaps them back to reality to realize that, hey, they're not invincible. They still need to show up and play their best basketball. For it to happen now, so close to the end of the season, gives them a few games to lock back into everything they need to and then give it a real red-hot crack in the finals and be one of the teams to beat. So uh, I think Damo's spot on, but I'll go even further to say that it's the perfect timed loss uh, for them to have. And it's also... Everybody else watching the last two times they played Illawarra are going to take little pieces from this saying, this is how they guarded Bryce. This is what we're going to try and emulate. So them losing the way they did now can be prepared for that for when a team throws that at them or if they face Illawarra again. So, again, I think it's the perfect uh, situation, albeit if you learn from it, which I'm sure they will because they're a phenomenal team. So do you expect they play New Zealand on Sunday? It's the last game of the round in Perth at RAC Arena. Do Do you feel like they'll come out all guns blazing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, they will come in ready to roll. They want to protect the home court because they've actually, since round five, have done a tremendous job of building back up the jungle to be that kind of fortress in NBL 24. And home court, I think, will matter. I think it's going to be a really crucial thing when it comes to the, the play-in tournaments, when it comes to the championship series or semifinal series. So uh, they will want to respond on their home floor, and that's going to be a big one because... Not too many teams are as desperate as New Zealand because you look on the outside looking in, what's the one team that if they get to the finals can cause some damage? It's New Zealand. New Zealand's the one team that if they make a top six, you just don't want to run into them. The Sydney Kings were coming off a, a pretty horrible loss last Thursday to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, the undermanned Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, and it was it was real gut check sort of stuff for them. Coach Mahmoud Abdel Fattah pulled a couple of levers one that was very interesting was Angus Glover, who came into the starting lineup. Hulls, if you look purely at the box score, which is often a dangerous thing to do, you'd look at it and say that he had 10 points, three rebounds, was four of nine from the field. You'd think, okay, but he was plus nine in a game where plus minus mattered. The question is, is that a move now that Sydney should do more of? Should Angus Glover be a starter in this team for the rest of the season? Oh, it seems like you've got to kind of look at it, right? You've got to at least roll it out one more time because they had the results that way. But if you go back throughout the whole course of the season, they've had different lineups, they've had different rotations, some have worked and they try to follow it up the following game and it hasn't worked. So uh, the key injuries, the key pieces that keep coming in and out make it hard to kind of find that continuity of what rotation works. Uh, I'll be going with it again because I think out of 
all the things we've seen from Sydney, there's been a lot of times where people question the effort on the defensive end from certain individuals. The one thing you're never going to have to question with a guy like Angus Glover is effort, so you know what you're getting in that regard. So uh, I've always called for more minutes for him. I think that's a way that you can potentially look at uh, where do we have role plays fit around side Jalen Adams and Denzel Valentine. Okay, Angus Glover is going to be one of those guys in the starting unit. We, we put someone else to come off the bench and kind of be a punch scorer. Uh, I think that's works because it becomes a bit of a conundrum of full strength. McQuatch Malawatch deserves yeah. consistent minutes right now too, which just adds more of a pickle for uh, the coaching staff to work out. How do you juggle all these guys when they get to a full strength team? And that's something that's going to be hard to figure out. And if they get it right, again, they're going to be a team that once it all clicks, you don't want to have to play in the finals. See, I, the, the thing with Angus Gloverhalls to me is they've been questioned a lot about effort and intensity, words that you used. That's one thing that you'll never have to doubt with Angus Glover. He, he might not go off for a 30-piece, but he will give you all of that. And I think the other thing, which come the back end of the season, is important now, is that he's proven that in big games, i.e. Game 5 of last year's championship series, that he's willing to stand up. And I, I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly going to go out there and say I think that he should start. The, another reason I look at it for potentially having him locked in the starting unit is you're going to have a player on the floor for all the entire game that you can't question, as, as you mentioned. And so when he sits down, Sean Bruce is going to be in the game, and he's the other one, right, that you're never going to have to question that kind of effort, that kind of defensive in, uh, intent as well. So you're going to have at least 40 minutes with somebody on the floor, and they'll overlap at times, I'm sure, where they're going to be that spark. They're going to be that guy who you're on there, everybody else picks up from that. They're going to lead the charge in that area, and I think that's a really promising sign. But it's also going to allow Jalen Adams to just do his thing, and we've seen how good he can be. He's an MVP for a reason. In, and he doesn't have to worry about that because Angus Glover is going to do that. People are going to feed off his energy, put the ball in Jane Adams' hands. Good things happen. Everyone else fills the void. It's interesting to read in News Corp late last night that they've reported that the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix have said that on the back of one of, if not their most profitable seasons off the court, it's going to give them more money to play with when it comes to free agency and that they plan to be aggressive. And the term marquee players was used in the article. Now, they do have Mitch Creek under contract and they do have Alan Williams under contract as their two big names. They have a couple of others as well, but they also have eight that fall out of contract. So I want you to get your depth chart and your roster management hat on for us here, Hulls. If they've got Creek locked in and they've got Alan Williams locked in and some of their key bench players, what is the exact type of player that Tommy Greer and the Phoenix should be targeting in free agency? Well, I think firstly, the thing that pops out is is some uh, an elite defender, right? You, it's somebody to set a tone on that end because Mitch Creek, uh, we know he can he play both ends of the floor, but what Mitch Creek and Alan Williams do extremely well and they do it better than a lot of, of combinations in that 4-5 position is put the ball in the basket and, and get boards. I'd be looking at that kind of three position who can do both, right? Who, If you need him to slide down and guard the four at times, he can. But someone who's going to set the tone, someone who's going to set a tone defensively. You look back at since they've come into the league, how many times have they had that one player who does it? Shaley does it for Melbourne United. And the other player that I'm thinking about who will be a a chance to look at him, we thought about it last year, he was on their radar as Bullquall. Bullquall is someone who you know is going to do that. He's going to set the tone on that end defensively. We know what he get on the offensive end as well. From him now, I know he's had a bit of trouble staying out of foul trouble of late, but again, you still need somebody to set the tone defensively every single night throughout an entire season. Everyone else picks up. You can't just say, okay, we're going to be a good defensive teams. 
without the right ingredients. I think that's a type of player. But then the other side of it is you need shooters. You need some elite scoring wings as well. So if you can go out, out and put a 2-3 together that involves like a ball qual type defender with an elite mm. scorer, um, I'm, I'm looking at in years past, that kind of Scotty Hobson type player, um, I think it'd be really good for them. And then in the point guard spot, and I've said this, uh, we, we said it uh, on the marketplace, I believe, I think they should go down the angle. If they find those two, with the bench unit, they have a pass-first playmaking guard. I think yeah. that's somewhere where you've got Mitch Creek, you've got Alan Williams. They need the rock in their positions. They need the rock at the certain times to put the points on the basket. What kind of player can we go after? If you spend the big cash, and they should, and they sound like they're going to on that two and the three, then what kind of cheaper player will fill that role? That's kind of like a Mitch McCarron coming out of contract. He's going to be cheaper this year, um, someone who's going to be good defensively, but also get the ball to your superstars in their right spots, lead a team. We see what he does in the boomer windows. I know he's been down a lot in the last three years, but I think he's been good for Adelaide off the bench in a, in a reduced role. He's going to be a lot cheaper than he is now. If you put the, you obviously put your priority number one and two in the, those other two spots, and then if it falls to a guy like Mitch McCarron, uh, I think you could do a lot worse than that. News Corp reporting that Mitch McCarron incidentally is attracting interest. Uh, I'm hearing it, and I know you're hearing it as well, Pete, that there is interest in Mitch McCarron. And I don't think you measure him on what he's done this season. You're spot on. I think you measure him on his overall career in this league. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he finds a nice position somewhere next year. And on that, I'm just hearing I'm just hearing whispers that someone that Mitch McCarron knows well might be intrigued to come back to the league as well. I can't drop names yet because I'm oh. not sure how accurate it is, but I'm just hearing that uh, Mitch McCarron, somebody he knows very well, is uh, he's gone off to greener pastures and said, "Hang on, is there a greener pastures in the NBL outside the NBA? Maybe I need to come back and have a look at that." So we'll, we'll stay tuned. This is not a, I'm not dropping any heat on NBL now. It is only a Thursday morning, Jack. But just stay tuned. Keep keep an eye on this. That's just a little teaser to a hoolie bomb that might be coming uh, somewhere down the line. So stay in tune with that one. Uh, the All-NBL First team, uh, it's been interesting to, to watch a lot of the commentary and a lot of the discussion since the change to the, the team and it's become positionless. You, amongst others, have been really adamant from the start that when it gets to the coaches and the players, that common sense will prevail and that there will be a big man making the All-NBL First team. Three rounds to go. Alan Williams has been injured. Jalawala Chul has missed some games recently through personal reasons. Uh, Sam Froling's been great. Isaac Humphreys has been great. It's probably the two other ones. Are you still confident that a big man will make the All-NBL first team? If I'm taking the words you just used on its merit, then yes, because technically speaking, Anthony Lamb and Mitch Street <laughs> will be big men. But if you're talking about a, a true center, yes. uh, I lost confidence after the last couple of weeks, but I still think that the way that the coaches are going to vote, the, the captains are going to vote is they're going to reward that. They're looking at a sheet of paper. They're going to say, okay, uh, who are the elite big men? Yeah, Isaac Humphries has been terrific. He'll attract some votes. Sam Froling, the other one you mentioned, because for a while there, Alan Williams was a lock. Uh, early on before getting hurt. Um, and then, but again, it's also now I've got three locks. I've I'm gone down the path of Bryce Cotton, Anthony Lamb, and um, uh, Chris Golding as the three locks that I have. So there's two spots up for grabs, and, and a lot of people deserve to be in those two spots. Pat Miller's been um, incredible uh, as well. So there's plenty of Parker Jackson, Kyra. The, the names don't stop of Jalen Adams, guys who will be unlucky to miss out. Um, I think Isaac Humphries or Sam Froling should get a look in. But I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting here at the Gazies and that be, those big men positions will be filled technically by like an Anthony Lamb and Mitch Creek. And if that's the way it is, so be it, I think, this year because they've just been that good over the course of an entire season. 
So lastly to tonight's game, we spoke about this on the show yesterday with Ruck. He feels that if Cairns lose, it's just about curtains for the season, particularly because they have so few games left. I, I want to ask you about their opponents, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, Pete, who have lost two, uh, only won two of their last seven. Now, I know you have faith in Scott Roth as a coach, so I'm not going to ask you about whether you have faith in the coach. I'm going to ask you whether you have faith in the team. Can they get back to the sort of basketball that they need to be playing to potentially win the championship? I think they can. I, I haven't lost faith yet. And I, I keep going on record saying that if they win that first, say they finish third, right, and they win that playing time, they get to a, a three-game series, I trust that they can do it in three games, right? Because you look at the losses they've had. They've had multiple losses by one point. They've had multiple losses by three points. And I think they've had three or four losses by five points. So what is going wrong in the clutch? And I'm sure they're continuing trying to figure that out. But it, it's a different beast when you get to a semifinal series. So if they do win, out, get out of the playing tournament, hypothetically speaking, they finish third. They've also been there before. They understand what it takes to play in a semifinal series. They went to Melbourne and knocked off Melbourne, albeit uh, we know what happened in game three with Chris Golding's injury, but that still takes a mental strength to do that. I give them that edge, so I think that I have faith in them there, but they do need to figure out things in the clutch. They, they've lost too many. To, what is going on? Can they hang their hat defensively in the last couple of minutes? I don't think you can say they do it consistently enough, but the fact they're around the mark means that they will be there, and again, it's a team that in the first two seasons have proven when it gets to a three-game series, they know what it takes to get it done. Scott Roth is a genius in that, so I do have a lot of faith that they can be around the mark once again. That is coming up tonight. You'll be on the call. I'll be on the call. Mitch Creek, superstar from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, will be with us. Derek Rucker, courtside as well. That's coming up 7.30 p.m. tonight. Check your local guides, of course. Hools, I'll see you tonight, and thanks for being with us. Thanks, mate. We are back tomorrow. Joel and Liam will be in to break it all down.